1: Money, 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 Quickly to Wall.
2: Wall yeah. measures. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Yeah. What a time, huh? yeah.
0: Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with five. The- And Gordon. Gordon uh, can't oh, find anybody. He gives it to Wall. Gordon gets Bradley for three.
2: John oh! What a oh!
0: shot! Oh!
3: Hey everybody! Welcome to Locked On Wizards um, Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Uh, my name is Noah Getzel, and I'm your host of the show. This is my first time doing Locked On Wizards on Dash Radio. I've done, um, you know, the Locked On Wizards podcast since uh, the start of February, but now it's here on Dash Radio three times a week. It's gonna it's here playing Tuesday night, but in the future, starting next week, will be every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. We've got an awesome show to preview tonight's Wizards vs. Timberwolves matchup. Um, We've got a host from the Howl. uh, Kevin Kevin Draves is here joining us. And so we're going to be talking about the similar situation that the Timberwolves and Wizards are in with their best player injured, uh, how Minnesota was able to improve so much this year, and then finally we'll talk a little bit about Otto Porter's role on the team, because last time these these two teams faced off, uh, Porter had a huge game winner and a solid performance, so there's been a lot of criticism from Wizards community saying he should maybe step up a little bit more in the fourth quarter at least and get some more shot attempts. And finally, we're going to talk about this cool uh, ESPN ranking that came out about the top 25 players under 25 years old. Uh, So we've got, how many of them? 4...
1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So
3: we're going to get started right now um, and bring in our guest for tonight. And that is Mr. Kevin Draves. Kevin Thanks so much for having me on the, having, sorry, I'm confused. I just did something on your show. I thought I was a guest again. You're clearly the guest. I'm just confusing myself.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: So, what's going on, Kevin? Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we
0: uh, we, we killed about a half hour or almost an hour of your time. So, I'm, uh, I'm glad you're having me on and that uh, you
3: haven't gotten sick of me yet. <laughs> nope, not even close to it. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and The Howl?
0: Yeah, so The Howl is a Minnesota Timberwolves-centric radio show. Uh, we mix a lot of basketball and hip-hop. We love it. Uh, huge, huge, huge uh, uh, Timberwolves presence on the show, uh, but we also cover everything general NBA. Uh, we talk about the Iowa Wolves, which is the Minnesota G League mm-hmm. affiliate, uh, but we also cover the WNBA and the Minnesota Lynx, because let's
3: face it, they're the most winning basketball team in the state of Minnesota right now. So, oh, wow. um, we, cover, we cover a little bit of everything, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Nice. And uh, by the way, a, a bit of background on me, which uh, you guys probably know if you've been listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast. But I'm a Wizards extra beat reporter, so I've been covering the Wizards the past four years, and this is my second season as the beat reporter going to all of the the Wizards games. Let's jump right into a preview of this game. Uh, the last time the Wizards and Timberwolves played, it was a it was a nail biter. The Wizards came out on top in November. 92-89 after a huge second quarter run uh, they went up I think the the Wizards were down a dozen and then they went on like a 16-2 to two run do you think that things have changed a ton for your team since and it, it's kind of similar because John Wall was out that game of course you guys had Jimmy Butler he had a big double double but uh, do, do you feel like a lot has changed for the Wolves since November
0: I think a lot has for the most part I think the biggest thing uh, that has stayed the same in the sense is that the Minnesota Timberwolves just have trouble with Eastern Conference teams, uh, whether that's at home or on the road. And it doesn't matter if you're a top-tier team like the, like the Celtics or the Cavs or you're you know in the bottom of the conference like the Atlanta Hawks, the Wolves are going to have trouble with you, save for the Cleveland Cavaliers when they blew them out by 20-plus points and Tyus Jones... Uh, dunked on LeBron James, the Wolves have a lot of trouble with Eastern Conference teams, and, and this was one of the close games for them. You know, no John Wall is going to be really a big similarity in this game, uh, but now the Wolves are, are still trying to find their identity without Jimmy Butler and what kind of team they can be. And so I think that's going to be the biggest thing for the Wolves is, is matching up with a, a team like Washington and having success against an Eastern Conference team for once.
3: I wonder why that is. Why Why have the Wolves been uh, struggling so much, even against you know the bottom of the barrel in that Eastern Conference? Uh, honestly, I, I can't even answer that question. Right. You know, the, the Wolves have a really good record against their division and against the conference uh, in in the West, but you, you send them out East, and for whatever
0: reason, they just they don't play well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you get the, the game like Cleveland where the Wolves win by twenty plus and and you know that's that's a rarity for this Minnesota Timberwolves team against the East and, and there's really no no logical reason as to why they have this much trouble with teams in the East but can, you know, consistently beat teams in the West.
3: Yeah. Sixteen games over five hundred against a West Coast opponents. But it seems like the Wizards and the Wolves are kind of going through the same sort of issues right now. The Wizards have been pretty strong. Uh, I think uh, 11 and 7 since since they lost John Wall with the with the knee injury that required a minor minor surgery, and then another knee issue for your your leader of the group, um, Jimmy Butler, that happened at the end of February, uh, not the start, like Wall's injury. And it just seems like even though you know you're treading water and keeping your head above. Uh, and trying to maintain that playoff positioning, it, it really doesn't feel like the same team for Minnesota right now, right? The, the big, I guess the big difference between the East and the West is, you know,
0: looking at the conference standings. I mean, between the eight and the nine seed in the East, mm-hmm. you have five games between the Bucks and the Pistons. Uh, the Wizards are, are three games ahead of the eight seed. You know, in, in the in the 5-seed there, and, and you look at the West and the difference between the 8- and 9-seed is, is a tie. I mean, they're, they're yeah. the same amount back, and you could go even the 10-seed. The 10-seed is, is basically tied with the 8 as well. The difference between the 3-seed and the 10-seed in the playoffs in the West is three games, three and a half games, actually. And the Lakers, not they aren't necessarily out of it. It's not looking good for their chances, but... I mean, ten, almost eleven, strong teams in the West makes it a very tight race, and for the Wolves to lose Jimmy Butler for any period of time. Uh, now, granted, we feel very lucky that all it is is just you know a month or so here of the season, and that he's got the strong potential of coming back for the playoffs. Whereas you look at the Knicks, you know, losing Kristaps, you look at you know all of these teams, Gordon Hayward going down for the Celtics. Uh, Steph Curry rolling his ankle,
2: who knows when he'll be back, Mm -hmm. Uh, Kawhi still
0: hasn't really played much this year, you know, you look at at those kind of injuries, and you feel really lucky that the Wolves are only going to miss Jimmy Butler for a month, but when it's so close like this in the West, any game that your MVP caliber talent misses really, really hurts you.
3: Yeah, and the Wizards have been lucky the past couple of games, even though they just got absolutely obliterated by the Miami Heat, because... They played uh, the New Orleans Pelicans that had no Anthony Davis. Then they went on to play the Heat. It was a very next, or it was, um, what was it, one day later? Yeah, it was a, a Friday, Saturday type of ordeal. But the Heat were missing Hassan Whiteside, so that makes it a little bit easier. They're playing the Wolves without Jimmy Butler. And then on Wednesday, it's another back-to-back. But then again, they're playing, um, it, you know, the, the Celtics aren't going to have Kyrie Irving. They're not going to have Jalen Brown. Uh, you mentioned that Gordon Hayward's been out all year, so that's that's easier. And then I guess they'll play the Pacers, who are at full strength. But it's, it's kind of like, you know, there's no team that can be overlooked at this time of the year when you have, what, 15 games left in the season, just because every game has such a substantial impact on not only your seeding, but if you're a Western Conference team, whether you even make the playoffs or not. And when you talk about the Minnesota's improvements over the course of the season... You know, they added some new players, but Jimmy Butler, and they've developed internally. What would you think? It's just like a night and day different team in terms of 31 wins over the course of last season. I think they finished 13th place in the West, and now they're already at, what is this, Uh, 39 wins here with, what, 16 games to go or something like that. What do you think has has really been able to get the, the Wolves to the next level this year, Kevin?
0: You know... With the exception of the roster moves, I and mean, the, the roster moves have been phenomenal up and down, from what we've seen in, in propelling the Wolves to a top tier team in the West. But I think one of the biggest things is this Wolves team has one of the best home records in the NBA. I mean, they're still at single digit
2: losses at home. They're twenty six and eight compared to thirteen and twenty one on the road. So you look at you look at what they've been
0: able to do at home, what they've been able to do for the fans. Uh, that have been so patient during this this 13 14 year playoff drought, um, I, I think that's that's probably one of the biggest things right there. But you know, you look at trading Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and your pick, which would have been Lowry Markkinen, for Jimmy Butler, and you get the Bulls pick, which you use on a guy who uh, Aaron uh, the the co my co host on the show and I refer to as Carl Anthony Towns light. Um, you you go out and you get a guy like Jamal Crawford who wanted to come here, who took a, a bench position and less money to come here. Mm-hmm. You go out and you get Taj. You go out and get Jeff Teague, who's been so up and down. But when he's good, oh my gosh, he's good. With with the exception of being infuriatingly bad against the East, and and Jeff Teague having his moments where I just want to push him out of a moving train kind of thing. <laughs> this this Wolves team has come a long way, and. It, you know, I'm, I'm honestly just sitting here enjoying the ride. You know, we're not expecting a championship. We're, we're taking it one step at a time. And right now, making the playoffs, maybe winning, you know, stealing a,
3: a series in the first round would mm-hmm. be phenomenal. And that's kind of, that's where we are right now. And, and hoping to make a good progression next year to being a championship contender team. Yeah, and well, you mentioned the the guys who added this offseason, one player who... I really wanted the Wizards to, to kind of be able to grab was Jamal Crawford, but I guess he's... I don't know what factored into his decision. Probably the, the Wolves just looked like potentially more of a contender with all the pieces that they added. You guys were lucky to nab him. Yeah, the guy's the guy 38, 39 years old. He still looks like he's 25 and can shoot like he's 25.
0: He's been such a great mentor. You can tell that everybody in that locker room respects the heck out of him and listens to what he has to say, and he's the... He's the team grandpa, but he can still connect with the guys, and and you see, you know, Wiggins and and Tyus Jones and and Cat and Belly and all these guys, you, you can tell that they're learning things from him, and uh, you know, Jamal hasn't been getting the minutes that he's been getting over the course of his career before the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. but he's definitely making the most of them, and I know Wolves fans are super
3: appreciative to have him. Absolutely, and so going back to the the first time that the Wizards. Played the Timberwolves this season. Um, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, so the Wizards won by three. And a big reason why they won was Otto Porter, who led the team with 22 points. Kelly Oubre came off the bench with 16 as well in a game that uh, John Wall was injured. And Porter actually hit the, the game-winning shot uh, from 22 feet out with, I think it was about 25 seconds to go. And a lot of people after that game were saying, okay, why... Is Bradley Beal getting all of these last shots in the in the final possessions of games? Why is John Wall, who has improved as a shooter but still isn't really a great shooter, taking all of these like contested fadeaways on these ISO plays at the end of the game? People are still continuing to say to this day, like in the fourth quarter, Otto Porter's got to get more shots. What have you noticed about Otto Porter over the years? I know you don't really get a chance to watch too much of the Wizards or Eastern Conference teams, but what do you think? Uh, He's kind of a guy who can become a, a type of go-to scorer in those sorts of situations, or does he seem more, more of like just a, a hustle guy who will get his points when he's running fast breaks or when he's standing open in the corner for threes? Uh, do you think there needs to be maybe more of a a push to get Porter shots in, at the end of games? I, I see
0: a, a little bit of Andrew Wiggins and Otto Porter in the sense of there's heightened expectations. He's making a pretty penny, and you know he puts out these games like 22 and eight, and and people still aren't happy because of the regular everyday production. Um, Wolves fans have been incredibly upset with Andrew Wiggins' lack of. Uh, free throw shooting, his lack of a, a, a killer instinct, which has been my biggest thing against him. Mm-hmm. Um, his rebound numbers have never been great. His assist numbers are okay for, for where he is. I wouldn't necessarily expect much more there, but his rebound numbers aren't great. Free throw is abysmal, and, and the, I think the biggest thing is that he would rather pull up and shoot versus drive into the rim, draw the contact, put the ball in, be aggressive with it. And and so Wolves fans not you know necessarily... They they like Wiggins, but they always expect more. And I I feel mm-hmm. like from the outside looking in that Otto Porter is very similar in that sense, where he can put up these games like twenty two and eight, and you know get the game winner, and and fans just still aren't happy because he's not producing at the level that
2: they expect. And so I like Otto Porter's game. I, I do. He f- seems to
0: fit in very well in Washington. Whereas if you put him on another roster, I don't know that he would be the guy that he is in Washington. Um, he's, it looks like he's got a good system around him. John Wall, Beale, you know, those guys. So I, I think he's in the right, the right situation. And I think that's allowing him to kind of do what he's doing now. Whereas, you know, if he was at another Eastern Conference team or a Western Conference team, I don't know necessarily that he'd be getting the, the same kind of production that he
3: would Absolutely, unless he was playing for the Spurs or something. But like you know, over the off season, he was offered a max deal by the Brooklyn Nets, and you just know that if he's not on a, a team that's an elite contributor, and he doesn't have guys like John Wall getting him open looks, Bradley Beale driving and kicking, beale has been you know a beast in terms of facilitating and getting more assists since John went down. It's it would be a different different outlook for him. Uh, I think Wiggins is a uh, game against the Wizards back in. November is a perfect example of how frustrating he can be uh he shot five of fifteen, one of five from three point range. He'd have to make two of his three free throws, but only two rebounds for a guy six foot eight, and then he had four assists as well finished with thirteen points. It just kind of is like uh just exactly what you're saying like you know he's got all of the athletic gifts under his son, and he still can't really put together the game you want to see out of him in thirty seven minutes I don't i I expect more
0: out of Andrew Wiggins than 13 points and four assists and one of five from three you know those are those are numbers that I expect for a role player a guy like Jamal Crawford or Gorge to come off the bench with 13 points you know Wiggins can explode for these you know 30 40 point games from time to time but for a max guy you know you see towns getting these these kind of games and he's gonna get a max I just, I expect a little bit more from Andrew Wiggins in that sense and mm-hmm. the, the ability to want to learn more. And it just, it seems like he's happy where he's at and not looking to grow. And that's my biggest issue.
3: And I know for the, the Wizards, they kind of had no choice but to give Otto Porter a max uh, this past summer because it was like, hey, either we give him the money or somebody else does and he's gone. It's not like, okay, let's negotiate. We'll give you 20 million, but not, you know, 26 million, whatever it is. Was that. What was the contract situation like for Wiggins when he got his offer?
0: I believe it was in the final year of the deal, but the season before the final year of his, of his deal. Um, not a lot of news surrounding it. I mean, it was just one of those things that everybody knew what was going to happen. He was going to mm-hmm. get a max deal. He was going to get a max extension. just a matter of when. And, I mean, albeit it took a little bit longer than a lot of people anticipated. And there were rumors growing around of Glenn Taylor... You know wanting to look Andrew in the eye and shake his hand and, and you know see that he's gonna be dedicated to work before getting him the money kind of thing but in the, in the long run everybody knew Wiggins was getting the money everybody knew Wiggins was getting the contract it wasn't a surprise we weren't gonna let him go
3: and he's just he, he sometimes comes off as uninterested mm-hmm. his numbers are great in the post so you really got to wonder why he's pulling up for those mid-range jumpers which the NBA has proved has you know pretty much a a dying shot in the league unless you're DeMar DeRozan and hit them at an incredible clip it's it's just strange that he'll he'll pull up early in the shot clock when he's so effective at you know these post-ups and even just driving to the rim but
2: the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
3: Locked on Wizards on uh, Dash Radio's nothing but net channel. And so I want to talk about this new ranking that came out just last week on ESPN. And you had to be an insider to to check out the ranking. It was ranking the best players under 25 in the league. And of course, uh, Giannis Attentacumpo ranked number one. Um, but then you had, uh, you had a couple... We both had a couple guys who made uh, the rankings from our teams. So after Giannis, it went to Anthony Davis, which you know, the jury's still out on who's better between Giannis and Anthony Davis, given this this showing that AD has been putting on since uh, Cousins went out. But after that is Embiid, and then your man Carl Anthony Towns. Do you think Towns is right where he needs to be at number four, or are you surprised at all? Well, technically, I think he should be number three now that uh, Anthony Davis is 25 years old after his (laughs) birthday here last weekend. But, um, You know, I'll I'll give ESPN the fact that the article was written before AD's birthday. Right. Um, You know, obviously one-two for me is Giannis and and Anthony Davis. Those two are crazy,
0: crazy, crazy. Um, Anthony Davis does it because not only can he score, but he can block the ball at will. He's a rebound machine. Giannis is just a freak of nature. Um, Aaron and I have been in love with Giannis since he joined the league and grew three inches after his rookie season and became – is just stretch Armstrong of a basketball player. Joel Embiid is a guy that, you know, I I, I, I can see why and the way that he took it to Towns makes it seem pretty clear to a lot of people that he should go before Carl, Carl Anthony Towns, but if you look at what Cat has done defensively since that game against Joel Embiid where Embiid took him to school, he's gotten a lot better. So, I mean, four is, four is probably a good spot. I'd put him ahead of Mm Kristaps, um, I don't think, Kristaps isn't a great rebounder, and that's my biggest knock with him, I love what Kristaps can do offensively, he gets the blocks, but just rebounds, I mean, he's at, he was averaging 6.6 a game, and for the, you know, the face of a franchise, the, the big man of a franchise, I mean, Ben Simmons averages more, rebounds it seems like, per game than Kristaps at this point, um, Ben Simmons, just a, a, too small of a sample size for me to move him anywhere other than where he's at. I, I will say, though, I do like Bradley Beal and Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker where they are. I think those guys fit perfectly. Um, but looking at the list, you know, having Otto Porter and having Bradley Beal on the list, you know, the Wolves have Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tyus was closer, if not at the very tail end of the list. So oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The Wolves have great young talent under 25. It's, you know, I I just, like I said before, we started recording Wiggins' spot at like 23 or whatever it is, is is spot on because he's a great scorer, but doesn't rebound well, doesn't get a lot of assists, doesn't shoot well from the free throw line.
3: And then Bradley Beal, I'm a little bit surprised, actually, that Ben Simmons ranks above him, uh, just because, you know, Ben Simmons has all the gifts but isn't really like a leader of a team by any means and if it weren't for Embiid on his roster and guys like Dario Saric and Covington everybody has help in the league but it just seems like Simmons is, is just a benefit like benefiting from his system and not necessarily leading the Sixers by any means like you see that when he's in the game without Embiid and how how little he can do offensively um definitely a long way to go on the offensive side of the ball in terms of uh, developing his jumper. But I can understand everyone else being above Beal for sure. And so Beal ranked 8th on this list of 25 guys. Otto Porter was at 15, uh, right around the middle. And then you mention Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) As disappointing as he's been, he's right next to... He's tied with Kyle Kuzma of the Lakers and Miles Turner of uh, the Pacers at the end of the list. They're all tied for 23rd. And then Porter... I'm, I'm trying to think if he's in the right position. He's near guys like Clint Capella. Uh, let's see, Gary Harris is 11. Andre Drummond, 12. Clint Capella, 13. Jason Tatum, the rookie, is 14. Then you got Porter, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, for some reason, is number 17. I'm not sure if he belongs there. But it's it's an interesting situation with Porter because he's not... We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier on, on the show. Um, he's not a guy who really wants to stand out. He's more of like a, a blend-in type player. And so I think it it kind of makes sense that he's he's not ranked too high even though he's making max money because he's one of those typical 13 points, 7 rebounds. I don't know how many assists he gets. Probably like 3 or 4, something like that. But I, I think all of these rankings seem... Seem pretty fair. Uh, if anything, I'm a little bit surprised that Porter is that high up at 15th. And then did did you say you're not surprised by either of of the Timberwolves uh, selections, fourth and, and 23rd for for Cat and Andrew? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super surprised. I mean, Cat,
0: I think is is the best of the rest, if you will, after Giannis, AD, and uh, you know even. Uh, Joel's not in the same convo as those two, but I think he's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Wiggins, like I said, I think he's he's right where he's at
3: until he develops a, a good defensive game and can hit the free throws a little bit better. I think those are the two things that would move Andrew up that list very, very high and very, very quickly. Yep. And do you think he's a cornerstone of a team or not quite? Sorry, um, not Andrew, but Carl uh, Anth- Anthony fans. Oh, I'm talking right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he's he's a guy that you, I mean, he, he's the guy
0: that the Wolves have built this team around. I mean, yeah, Andrew was here first, but you look at what cat has been able to do, and they go out and get a guy like Taj who can rebound with the best of them and, and put up his, his sneaky, sneaky, quiet good nights. And you get a guy like Jeff Teague who loves giving Cat the ball and wants to give him the ball more. Mm hmm. Um, you know, Jimmy does a very good do- a very good job of driving the lane and drawing the contact, and Cat works well. You know, kind of when when those defensive players sag to try to stop Jimmy, and Cat's right there, and Cat will pick up the pieces. And So looking at what Thibs has done, he recognizes that Cat is the face of the franchise, even more so than Andrew Wiggins, and has worked to kind of build a solid squad around Cat specifically.
3: Mm-hmm. I've got one more question for you tonight, Kevin. Uh, and uh, time is actually flying on me. I didn't realize we've been talking for a half hour. But i, I got to ask you, who is going to win Tuesday night between the Wizards and Timberwolves here in Washington, D.C.? Gosh,
0: you know, it, it's in Washington. No John Wall for the Wizards mm-hmm. makes me feel a little bit better. The Wolves, as we saw Sunday, played well without Jimmy Butler against the Warriors. I think they're riding that high. I think playing an Eastern Conference team kind of brings it down a bit. We're going to have another close game. I'm going to call this a four-point win for my Minnesota Timberwolves.
3: All right. You heard it here first. Well, Kevin, tell us one more time where we can uh, follow you on Twitter and check out The Howl. Yeah, so The Howl is on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel
0: Wednesdays from 2 to 5 p.m. And then again, Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can find us on iTunes, Podium, Stitcher, uh, on Twitter um, at kdraves42 and uh, uh, at the Howl Radio on Twitter. Uh, actually, making a, a announcement here that you're going to hear first. On Lockdown Wizards. Oh, wow. Minnesota
3: Minnesota Lynx head coach Cheryl Reed coming on the show next week. Uh, She is the head coach of the multiple
0: WNBA champion Minnesota Lynx. She's going to be in studio sitting down with us to talk WNBA and basketball. So that's a really cool interview. Uh, Nobody else knows yet. So you're hearing it first on Lockdown Wizards. So make sure to tune in. And uh, it's going to be a great interview. I'm really excited.
3: Man, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, definitely check out the howl on twitter at the howl radio cool kevin i appreciate it thanks so much for taking the time so i thought you would run out of gas here but you know you just had me on the howl and now here you are on locked on wizards on dash radio thank you so much for the time and it'll be an interesting showdown on tuesday so we'll have to we'll have to talk some trash on twitter while it's going on I'm looking forward to <laughs> on the right, Arnold. Jamestown, Hamwood and diplomats play with Transformers, G.I. Joes and Thundercats. We was loving that before the start of Jacks. For notes, some red oaks had folks scared to come through College Park after dark. Crown Victoria's police unmarked cause. Be aware, Wayne Wiggins was out there. But we care. Kids were getting stabbed and ditched out there. Too busy playing. Double J and touch, shouting on the ass. Smack your hands and say sweat It's mine now, place it in my Louis Vuitton pouch Thump a nigga on his knuckles, make him say ouch Slouch, socks, box, Chevy, Caprice Hot knees, cut the whole, disturbing the peace With no conscience, broke niggas
1: call them nonsense No comments, it's Lil' Vape, paying homage to control, control.